Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Hello, and welcome to Behind the Warrior podcast. This is Maria Shabla and Nicole Motzek. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with our very own Sherry Beck. Today we are turning the tables on Sherry, who started this very podcast almost a year and a half ago. Sherry, the podcast hit a pretty amazing milestone earlier this month. Can you tell us about it? Well, sure. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Nicole. How are you guys? Very well. How are you, Sherry? I'm doing good. Um, Well, it's been an exciting venture for sure. Um, a year and a half ago, we started Behind the Warrior podcast, and really it was an effort just to continue to reach out to the community when we were all shut down by the pandemic. And the the title of the podcast was a group effort, uh, you know, from the team. Um, our very own Mo Tackett did the logo, and um, I was at that time I was working with Mike Mack who was co-hosting with me, and we just came up with a, a wealth of subjects, really, to put out to the community. And it started all from some spouses who expressed some uh, concern and interest in learning more about how they could help their warriors who were suffering with PTSD or traumatic brain injury and what kind of resources we could provide. Well, you know, when the pandemic hit, we weren't able to do any face-to-face interaction anymore. And I just went to Nicole and said, hey, listen, I think maybe a podcast would be a really good idea. And um, and so it came. I mean, so the whole idea was really derived from a concept of, of I think, maybe shifting and adjusting and learning that there are new and innovative ways to reach our community and uh, I got the green light to to purchase everything that we needed to host the podcast and have received a lot of support from the team um, and just the community at large and various organizations. But we did hit a huge milestone last week. We went over 5,000 episodes or 5,000, not five, I'm sorry, we went over 5,000 downloads Um <laughs> so, which is huge, 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 um, for a small podcast like ours. And, uh, we are just about, well, we'll publish our 60th episode next week. So, um, it has been a, a real delight to do it and to talk to people in this way. That is fantastic. And I, I think it just shows the ability to adapt with the changing times. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know a lot of people love this podcast and it's very exciting. I think you said uh, you and Mac had had planned to celebrate or Mike. Oh, Mike and yeah. I. Yeah, yeah, we had a funny story. Mike always said uh, to me, hey, Sherry, when we hit 5,000 downloads, we're going to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when we when we hit that milestone, I texted him and I said, pack your bags. <laughs> Bring a credit card. We're going to Hollywood. Let's and, go. Uh, so it it was a lot of fun for he and I to do that together. So awesome, Sherry. We're just so proud of you and all the podcast has done. Um, and what an amazing, you know, turn in the times that we had to think up an idea. And that's the one thing I think that you've always brought um, and the team brings to the foundation, but just such a great testament to you continuing to find creative ways to serve our community um, it doesn't matter what the world throws at you. Throw the pandemic at us. We'll find ways to continue connecting with our warriors. So that's right. Yeah. That's right. 
Well, it definitely was a team effort through that year for sure, Nicole. And um, that's the beauty of this organization, I think, and and being part of a small team is that you each of us has a voice in in this in this organization, which is great. So, thank you. Absolutely, yeah. Sixty episodes and um, five thousand downloads. That's some that's some good math. It's great. I mean, and just so many resources for the EOD community and and just different stories and testimonies. And um, it's just been fantastic. So, Sherry, let's start from the beginning. (laughs) Can you tell us where you grew up and how you became a part of the EOD family? Um, Sure. Um, So I grew up in Southern Maryland and um, my family... um, still lives there. My two brothers and my father still lives there and uh, grew up just in a very, you know, I don't know, middle-class family, blue collar. Um, My dad worked for the Washington Post for a very long time, I think over 37 years as a male, as a a newspaper carrier, actually. And uh, my mom helped and supported him in that venture. And it was really a, a group effort and a team effort the whole family was involved in that business and making sure that, you know, dad was safe working seven days a week and, and all those sorts of things. So we all contributed to that. Um, I, you know, love that little town and I still go back as often as I possibly can. Um, and graduated from Gwynn Park High School in 1985. So, um, I have a lot of friends that still live in that area and in, um, I think it was night, it was 87 that I actually met my husband, uh, my sweet Leon, and he was going through EOD school at NAV School EOD, which was located in Indian Head at the time. And the rest is history. Um, we, we met, we just, um, you know, fell in love. And about three years later, after he, well, he, he graduated from EOD school actually on my birthday. Um, and um, in 1987, and at any rate, we got our first duty station together, and it's been it's been a, a great journey from that point forward. And that's really how I got connected. I mean, he's my, he's my connection to the EOD community, and certainly, if if I didn't have him in my life, I probably would be uh, raising a family on a farm. That's what I always think, you know, that would have been my, my other life, you know, if, if I didn't meet him, but wow, he has provided such an incredible, you know, life for us, um, and our children. And, uh, I don't know, it's been, it's been pretty colorful over the years. So it's been a great, great journey. That's fantastic. Well, we're glad that you're not raising a family on a farm. Um, <laughs> Although it's kind of cute. With, the image in my mind, I can see Sherry on the farm. I could totally see that. I mean, my parents had I a could, farm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could totally see that. But we're glad that you're, um, you know, have had so much time supporting this, um, the EOD community, and you've definitely made such a tremendous impact and such a difference over the years. You started with the Wounded EOD Warrior Foundation in 2007. And then in 2013, when the Wounded EOD Warrior Foundation merged with the EOD Memorial Foundation, you stayed on and you continued to serve in the capacity of um, helping warriors and their families. And that definitely you know, changed a little bit over the years um, and what it looked like. But every step of the way, you've been supporting warriors and their families. And I know it's just made such a tremendous difference to them. What led you to your passion of helping others? Well, that's a great question, Nicole. I, 
I think that I've always had the, you know, desire to help others, even even as a child. I think that that's just been sort of a, a part of my personality, if you will. But um, in 2007, I was just given a, a, a really unique opportunity by Ken and Julia Falk to run the Wounded EOD Warrior Foundation, which I, you know, at the time I all I had as far as maybe entrepreneurial experience was the willingness to help others and and knowing that I could be pretty organized and and try to do the very best that I could and i'm I'm grateful to them for that opportunity because and and for believing in me that I could make a difference when the community was in in really a, a huge need um as we had so many servicemen and women coming back stateside for care so um that was an opportunity, and I'll, I'll never forget that, and I'll be forever grateful to them for that. Um, and then in 2013, as you said, you know, I've worn a lot of hats over the years <laughs> and done a lot of things, and with a small team, I think that's very indicative to to a small organization. But um, I was lucky enough to stay on uh, with the merged organizations. I was very happy about that, and, um, you know, I've just always had a connection to people that, um, I don't know, I just, I don't know, maybe it's just my heart or or my soul. I, I'm not really sure, but it just being able to help someone and s- help them see that there is light at the end of the tunnel and be with them along on that journey has been very helpful to not only them, but to me as well. So um, from start to finish, I th- I think, you know, I've just, it's just who I am is, you know, helping others is who I am. I mean, even, even in my family, that's just who I am. No, I definitely would agree with that. I think that we all see that in you. And I definitely think you have an amazing and special gift for connecting with and relating to people in a way that makes them feel safe, um, which has made not only you, but the foundation so successful um, at the work we've done. Um, That's a very special gift and not one that everybody has. So True, true. And it comes across so genuinely um, from you, Sherry. Well, thank you. Yeah. If you can't be genuine, then what do you, what do you, what are you? What are you doing? (laughs) Right. Absolutely. And over the years, you've helped so many servicemen and women and their families. And many of them, as you mentioned, seriously were injured in the war. Um, Some of them you were working with like immediately when they returned stateside for care. Um, And how has that affected your understanding of recovery? And what has that journey been like for you? Um, Well, thank you, Nicole. I definitely, um, I think starting out, I had no idea, honestly. I mean, you you don't know until you're kind of in the in the um, trenches of it all, right? And having servicemen and women come back stateside for care that have been, you know, injured very seriously, and um, I think the EOD community has suffered some of the most egregious, you know, injuries injuries throughout the the war over these past twenty years. And the first interaction that you have is usually with the family member. It's it's definitely not with the warrior. So giving that initial, um, I think, gift of hope that there's someone on on their team and on their side to help them navigate through what 
this is going to look like. And honestly, it's it's a world of the unknown initially. And being able to do that and understand that eventually um, you get to see, you know, maybe the warrior is has new prosthetics or you get to see them walk for the first time after losing both of their legs or um, maybe it's... Uh, you know, the family coming together and really bonding over the fact that a tragedy has actually turned into, in some instances, a blessing. And and I, I don't mean that like, you know, uh, I mean that very sincerely and at the deepest level. But you just, you just navigate through it with them. And, you know, the unpredictability and the uncertainty that these men and women had at the time is who knows and i feel so incredibly blessed to have been a small part of of their journey of maybe recovery or just giving them hope and you know taking them banana bread once a week or you know picking up the phone when nobody else you know when it's nine o'clock at night or you know answering questions and providing some level of comfort that things will be okay they will be different but they will be okay and, you know, you just, you end up making friendships in that way. And I have been so blessed over the years to have met such incredible people and to see them, you know, at the initial stage of their injury. And now, you know, 14 years later, they're thriving. They have children. Um, some people thought they would never be able to have children and they and that has been made possible and they are they they are raising families and i'm sure they have good and bad days just like everyone else in this world but to see their journey and like i said to have been some small part of that along the way you know and and having the gift of being part of this organization and providing the services and opportunities is just incredible so um I hope that answered the question. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. And I think, you know, too, you don't have to have all the answers because when they're coming back, they're, you said it's the world of the unknown. Yeah. Yeah, but just you being there and like you said on their team, I think that's makes the world of difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it is, it is the world of the unknown. I mean, and, you know, there is a whole lot of credit that needs to be given to the men and women who work behind the scenes um, at the hospitals and provide the level of care, the physical therapists, the occupational therapists, the speech therapists. I mean, the doctors, the nurses, everybody um, contributes to the success of that warrior and their family. So, um, you know, I, I just, I think it's a collective effort and, and you can never do it by yourself. You just can't. Sherry, you've mentioned that in serving the EOD community, you yourself have had a number of opportunities to heal and grow as a person also, often unbeknownst to the families that you're actually helping. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's, I think there is such a perspective that happens, um, a level that you just I don't think could ever truly grasp um, until you're witness to some of the things that I've been witness to and the struggles and even the joys and the surprises and, and all those things. So um, I think as a person, it's really helped me become so much more well-rounded 
um, and meeting people where they are. I think that was probably some of the best advice that I ever received was, listen, everybody's different. No one handles an injury, illness, uh, problem, or anything the same. Um, the levels of, of everyone's place in the world is different. So placing judgment really doesn't serve anyone well. So meeting people where they are is just something that I have adapted to. Now, I will say that there are moments when I'm frustrated, I can be frustrated and angry or just, you know, don't understand something, but I always come back to that phrase, meet people where they are and see how you can help. Um, so that's, I think that is probably the biggest takeaway. I think that's very insightful, Sherry. I know that you and I have talked a lot over the years um, about how powerful perspective can be. Um, and I know that you definitely help give people the gift of perspective as well. When, you know, someone comes to you, even on our team, someone comes to you with a question or a concern, um, you're always able to help bring us back on, you know, just the, exactly what you said, meeting people where they are in perspective. And mm -hmm. that's just has been so, such a good opportunity um, from your experiences for us to grow as well. I think yeah. together as a team and as individuals. Right. Well, I mean, absolutely. And, and you know, you guys have all given me, giving me that grace as well, Nicole, for sure. Mm. When, when there's Thank been you. something that has, you know, uh, been difficult or anything like that, it's, it's good to give people grace. Yeah. And it has definitely, I mean, we've been a great team. We all have the hard conversations and then have the best of times too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's a mixed I pot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all challenge each other to be better as people. And that's important behind the scenes to make sure that it, our families and um, their needs stay at the priority at the forefront. And Sherry, as the program director now, I mean, we talk about all these, all these opportunities for growth and things that you've learned. You also like, you know, have done a lot of concrete things in the programmatic space. And you've organized a lot of retreats and family events. And I think at last count, it was approaching maybe 100 retreats and family events to promote hope, wellness, mental health, and well-being for the EOD community. 100. I mean, that's incredible. Do you have a funny story that you can share with us about a retreat or something that happened? No. <laughs> I have, um, oh my gosh. Um, you might have a lot. So I know. I, you know, I have some that I can tell and some I can't tell. <laughs> I, I will just say that. And and that's all good. And, and yeah, there's been some hilarious things that have happened over the years. But um, I, I have a couple of things. I'm not sure that I would consider them necessarily super funny, but I think they were very pivotal for me as um, as the director of programs and understanding really how the hope and wellness retreats and the holistic nature of them really made an impact for our families. And one of them was, and Nicole, you were with me on this retreat. Um, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in 2014, we did a caregiver retreat, a caregiver retreat at Bouldercrest. And if you remember correctly, it snowed and it was cold and it was mm -hmm. freezing and everything. And during this particular retreat and many thereafter, um, you know, there were opportunities for this wonderful photographer to, to capture moments. And um, I love pictures and I, I just think they're so important to tell the story. But I think one of my favorite things was when one of our caregivers 
just picked up snow and they started doing, they were snowball fighting. (laughs) And it was just, it was a phenomenal moment because I thought to myself, when was the last time this young woman ever had a chance to be free and just release whatever frustration she had? Wow. And if picking up a snowball and throwing it and starting a snowball fight was one way for her to release just an ounce of pressure, then let's do it. You know, let's go for it. Yeah. So um, do you remember that? I do. <laughs> and snow angels. Yes. Like the women just dropped down in the snow and started oh. doing snow angels too. Yeah. And it was, yeah, I mean, everyone, it felt like they were getting to be kids again. Children again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then funny enough, the other one that I thought about, and it's related to snow. I don't know why this is. Your theme. Yeah, my theme. <laughs> but um I don't believe you were with me on this retreat, but it was for golds. It was for um, caregiver parents. So it was for um, those parents who were serving as the caregiver of their warrior. Um, many of these folks were not married or, or anything, but their parents stepped up to the plate to, um, you know, care for their son or daughter. And I remember just looking out of the window, and this was at Boulder Crest as well in Virginia, looking out the window and a a mom and a dad had gotten one of the sleds that was uh, staged, you know, for, for people to have fun in the snow and everything. And they slid down that hill on that sled so many times and laughing and just having so much fun. And I thought, this is what it's all about. You know, these... These opportunities and experiences that the foundation actually provides to these families and all of our partnering organizations that contribute to the success of what we do, um, this is what it's all about. And, you know, those were those were sort of, I won't say funny, but they were pivotal moments for me, for sure. And then as far as funny stories, I will just say that Mike Mack and I have some hilarious stories that have happened in, you know, travel and uh, just different things. And and one that I will share, um, and it will be all in anonymous nature, I would say that. <laughs> but he and I attend, attended this conference. And uh, at one point, we were all kind of, we were all like invited, I will say, to um, go into this sort of deep meditation and um, everyone laid on the floor, and Mike and I were in close proximity to one another. And the the crazy thing about Mike and I is that I, like, if something is funny, I cannot look at him because I will laugh and it will be very difficult for me to stop. So <laughs> at some point during this meditation process, someone got really, really involved um, in the meditation process and bringing up maybe some memories and and some different things, but I will just say there were some animal noises that happened, and <laughs> oh um, we we did not we were beside ourselves. I will just tell you that. And that afternoon, when we broke for lunch, um, it was all we could do to get out the door to be able to say, <laughs> "What the hell just happened? <laughs> what in the world did we just experience?" And so there were just so many funny moments like that along the way. But I know through working with, um, 
you know, Melissa Seligman and her team with her war, her voice, we had a lot of funny moments. And um, the time, Nicole, remember that uh, they were burning sage on the back deck? And I was like, Nicole, <laughs> are they smoking pot? <laughs> what are they doing out there? What's that green stuff that smoke? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you were like, I don't think so. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. They have something they're burning back there. Oh my God. That was so funny. So we have learned a lot and been introduced to a lot, haven't we? We sure have. So many great memories. Yeah, we sure have. So it's, it's been a, a great ride. <laughs> Well, those are some amazing stories, Sherry. Thank you so much for sharing them with us. Now, something that our listeners may not know about you is that you have a great love for music. And I have often heard you singing little tunes in the office. Um, can you tell us where that came from and what role you think that uh, music plays in life? Oh, that's a very sweet question. Um, well, I do love to sing, and I love music so much, and really, I believe that that absolutely came from my childhood, and the, you know, playing of records after, I mean, and we would play records, the same record, over and over and over again, and I mean, the spectrum of what I listened to was anywhere from, like, Johnny Horton, uh, Jim Croce, Elvis was a huge um, impact in my life. And, um, my older brother was a huge Elvis fan. And, um, let me see. I mean, Bing Crosby, Jim Reeves, I mean, all of these just wonderful people with beautiful voices. And as I got, um, you know, to my teenage years, I loved the Eagles and Foreigner and so many of those bands that I still love today. But I, when I was a kid, I, I did, take piano lessons for a little while. And when I got to be a teenager, it was no longer of interest to me. So I still have that baby grand piano. Wow. Unfortunately, it's in my garage, but <laughs> um, I'm really thinking about selling it. It's a beautiful 1935 Kanabi grand piano and it's beautiful, but you know, it's just not, it's not part of my life at this time. So um, it's just sad for it to be in the, in the garage sitting there. But at any rate, music plays a huge role in my life. I mean, as far as just singing, I like to dance. Um, I danced for a long time as a kid, took dance lessons and everything. Um, but I think it's something that is so relatable, and it is a universal language, and I love it. I just love it. One of the great things that I've had the chance to do in being in this role is working with an organization called Songwriting with Soldiers. And it's a beautiful organization that does wonderful things for our EOD couples and warriors and, and all kinds of things. But I can just, again, I've been witness to some beautiful moments with music changing people's thinking, their direction, them having the ability to share their story, because really that's what a song is, it's a story. So, yeah, but um, I've only worked with you for a short time, uh, Maria, but uh, I think it's funny that you have noticed that. Yes, you have a <laughs> musical soul. It's hard to miss. <laughs> Sherry, um, you've talked about feeling like you've come full circle and something that we haven't mentioned yet on the podcast, which definitely I think is 
um, knowledge in the community, or at least with some folks in the community, is that you're um, going to be retiring at the end of this year. And we've talked about you coming full circle. Can you tell us what that means to you and why now feels like the right time to retire? Um, thanks, Nicole. Yes, I I have made that comment. And I think it's really because, you know, in 2007, uh, the unpredictability of what was going to happen and, um, you know, the conversations that were being had, the attention given to so many warriors that were really horribly physically injured and what that picture looked like for them and their families. Um, I have seen so much growth over the past 14 years and seeing them thrive and, and be okay and, and, there are there have been marriages, there have been divorces, there have been remarried, there have been children born, there have been so many bright lights and great things that have happened, um, not without struggle, of course. But I really feel that I have come full circle in, in witnessing that. Um, and not to say at any rate, in any way, shape or form, that there are not struggles out there. And I... I Remember having a conversation with Ken Falk, you know, 10 years ago and saying, Ken, you know, we have a generation of, of EOD technicians that are being horrifically injured physically, but we have no idea what, what the, uh, the mental strain is going to be like for them 20 years from now or the invisible injuries. And, you know, some folks would argue that really PTSD and TBI is not necessarily invisible, but that's how I identify with it. Um, it's not something that I, you can outwardly see. Um, certainly in talking with people and personality and understanding where they are in their life, um, you can see how those things have affected them. Um, I think that is the generation and that is the stage in which we are in at this particular time. And... It's so important to stay focused in, you know, being able to be flexible as an organization and shift where we need to shift. And I feel like we've, we are at that point. And someone who is eager to help people in the way that I was in 2007, and I, and I still believe that I will be helping people even after I retire I, in some way, shape, or form, um, staying connected to this organization as a volunteer or whatever it may be. But I really feel like I'm giving someone else an opportunity to experience some of the wonderful things that I have experienced in life. And I think that's very important. I think sharing that gift and giving the community um, someone with an, a new perspective maybe or just um, – I, I'm not really sure, but I, I I certainly feel like I have come full circle in that way. And it feels good. It feels good. I'm proud of everything I've done, everything I've contributed, and so proud of this organization and our team. And I, I just, I think, you know, I'm going to take some of the advice that I have been given and I have given over the years as well in saying that, you know, a little bit of self is not selfish at all. Um, doing some good self-care for myself, both physically and mentally. Um, I had, you know, a pretty 
pretty scary bout with breast cancer two years ago. And I think that was certainly a life-changing moment and time for not only just me, but my husband and my family. And um, it's, it's really important to take care of myself. And I feel like, I feel so fortunate to be able to do that and do that with, with, you know, just a great attitude and a positive way forward. So, um, but yeah, I feel like I've come full circle in that. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, and I've said this to you, but for all of our listeners, um, just, you know, it's an incredible blessing, I think, for you to be in a position where you can retire and get to enjoy life now. You certainly have, um, you know, given so much to this community, and I don't think you could ever be anywhere where you're not a helper (laughs) to everyone around you. Um, So the world will continue to benefit from that gift, I'm sure. Um, and we hope that you won't go far either. But, you know, we're we're so sad. But at the same time, I'm so excited to celebrate you in this next step. So thank you so much for sharing that and, um, you know, and just being honest and, and vulnerable about how you got here. Yeah. Well, thank you. I think sometimes you just know. You just know. You can feel it in your soul. Yeah. So... So you're going to have a lot of free time when you retire, and we're hoping that you take that time to kick back and enjoy some long overdue relaxation. But after you're done relaxing, what are your future plans? What hobbies do you enjoy? What projects will you be working on? Well, I um, I do intend to just sit still for a couple of weeks for sure. Yes. And uh, maybe not be up at six in the morning and all that sort of thing, which is all good. I mean, it's all good for your health to have a good routine. And, and I think that's important for me as a person to have uh, something to do every single day. And it's my intention to do that. Um, as far as my hobbies that I'm really looking forward to, um, digging into a little bit deeper is I love photography. It's always been um, just a love of mine. And I have so many pictures over the years that I hope I can catalog and sort. And um, I never I never Photoshop my pictures. Um, I think that Photoshop is a phenomenal tool and I would love to purchase that and see what I can do in that way as well. And maybe clean up some of my photos that I love the most. But I'd like to do that for my children um, so that they in turn have memories in that way um, that they can look back at long after, you know, my husband and I aren't on this earth anymore and have that just beautiful part of their life, you know, because I took pictures when they were little and I've taken pictures when they're big. So, um, and, and all things nature in between. So I would love to focus more on photography and, I would also love, my husband's always encouraged me to maybe do um, like note cards and uh, those sorts of things with some of the pictures that I have. And I'm going to dabble in that and see what I come up with. The thing that I, the thing that I'm trying to do is lessen my stress. So I don't want to add stress. Some stress is good for sure. I mean, I think everybody's going to have some stress in their life for sure. However, I don't want that to become an overwhelming pressured situation. So I'm going to just take baby steps with that. Um, I also love to, I love to write. So uh, maybe there's, I don't know, 
maybe I can make some little cards with notes in them or something like that too and and see what goes from there. Um, I love to cook and I enjoy, you know, preparing meals and feeding people and doing all those sorts of things. And gardening is huge for Leon and I. We love that. And I'd love to take more of an active role in um, canning and doing more of a self self-sustainment sort of lifestyle um, with, with our vegetables and all that sort of thing as, as best that we can, of course, you know. Um, and then we purchased an RV, a little travel trailer in June of this year, and we are having a blast with that little thing. <laughs> and um, it's this cute little, what, what Leon tells me, it's my dollhouse on wheels, basically. But it's, it's just the <laughs> cutest thing. And um, I, Certainly didn't want to purchase a piece of equipment that was going to add, um, you know, pressure to our life in any way. And I just feel really, really lucky to have uh, have that as an as an accessory to our life, you know, and and a choice. So we have some plan uh, trips planned already, um, and. Yeah, and so we have a vacation planned in February that's going to be beautiful and. Just looking forward to those sorts of things and focusing, you know, on on my family and my my mental and physical health, Maria. I think it's important and I want to be available for my family um, as far as my dad is 84. I want to be able to spend some time with him and help him with things. And so that, that's what I'm going to do. You're going to be so busy. <laughs> I know. But it's it's going to be good busy, though. Good you busy, know? yes. Good busy, yes. yes. That's going to be awesome, Sherry. And I do, I do really hope you take a few weeks to just decompress and Chill. be still, because um, <laughs> it does sound like you're going to have a lot to do in retirement. But you're just going to get to have more time to do the things that you've done in small bits over, you know, the past couple of years and recent years. And um, I think retirement's going to look good on you. And I hope that you'll still squeeze in time to come by the office and have a group lunch with us. And um, and if you want to cook for us, I don't think anyone would argue. So she's already um, starting to have that retirement glow. I see. Um, so, and we we really truly are, Sherry, so excited for you, um, and wish you the best of luck in all your future endeavors. We know you won't be far. Thank you so much for everything you've given to the EOD community, uh, to the team, to the organization. We would not be the organization that we are um, without the years of leadership and guidance, and just. Um, insight and courage that you have brought to the team. Um, you'll be so missed by all of us, the community, um, you know, in the day to day, but you're still a part of this community. And um, I hope, and you and I have talked about this briefly, I hope that you get to come back for an EOD weekend and you and Leon get to enjoy it and not have to work, you know, and, and be on the other side of that for a little bit and get to talk and really sit down and spend time and enjoy your EOD family coming together in a way that looks different than it has for you over the last um, number of years. Is there anything else that you'd like to say to your listeners or to the community that you've served for so many years? Um, yes, I have many things, but um, I'll try to keep it as brief as I can. Um, first, I think the biggest thing I want to say is thank you. Um, this has been an incredible journey and such a pivotal, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just been an incredible time in my life. 
And I feel like um, there have been many gifts that have been given to me. And um, I just wanted to thank everyone for their support and throughout the years. And I've worked with some wonderful people and organizations that have given me a chance to make a difference. And um, Nicole, thank you for your leadership. Um, you're an incredible human being with such compassion and uh, you know zest for life and travel. And um, you have a beautiful family. And uh, I just have enjoyed working with you and I, I working alongside you. I've never, I've never felt that I worked for you. <laughs> I've, I've always felt that I've worked with you and um, I appreciate that so much. Um, thank you. Ken and Julia, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity in 2007 and um, all the board members and volunteers and you know, the staff of this organization over the years has just been incredible. So um, everybody just remember that words matter and you have to take care of one another and um, reach out to us. If, if there's a need, um, if there's a resource, if there's something that we can do to help you, I, I hope that you will reach out to our organization. Um, there's a, there's a, a ton of compassion on the other end of the, you know, uh, phone that's just waiting for you. And sometimes we don't always have the answers, but we're willing to point you in the right direction to try to find them. And let me see, um, continue to look for opportunities for self-care and personal growth, no matter how old you are or what era you are in. And um, I don't know. And let go of the things that don't serve you well anymore. Okay? But, you know, until next time, everybody, you know, this is so long, not goodbye for sure. And uh, thank you all very, very much. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you. That was beautiful and advice that I will take. And <laughs> Um, and I've only been here for a short time, but you have definitely changed my life. I feel like I'm a better person having known you, and I, I definitely know that you will still be involved. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So, a fun game that you started. Oh man, years ago. Um, <laughs> is what is your favorite? So we've got a couple questions for you. All right. What is your favorite song? Wow, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, wow. Well, in in the most recent days, and this whole team would know this, but I tell you what, I love Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. It doesn't matter when it comes on, it gets turned up loud, and I have a great time with that song. Oh my goodness, I love it. Okay, that's it's good. hard not to love that song. <laughs> Okay, Sherry. Um, um, what's your favorite type of food? Wow. Um, Food-wise, I mean, I love shrimp. I, I think shrimp is probably my favorite thing. Um, but I, re I really, I really like food. I like a variety <laughs> of food. But also, you know what I love? I love Thai food. I love Thai food. I do. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah, that's some All good the stuff. flavors. Yeah. Yeah. So much depth of flavor. Yeah. I could be with you on that for sure. What is your favorite place you've ever been? I would say Italy. 
Yeah. Yeah, you had mentioned Italy recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think truly if Leon and I ever wanted to move to a different country, that would be where we would go. I, I would I agree. Just, yeah, I just love it there. And isn't Leon Italian? He is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> is that why you love Italy so much? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's the culture, honestly, and the simplicity of some of the just, you know, I'm, I would not consider myself a city girl, but I love the thought of being able to go to the market every day, uh, how they treat their food. Um, you know, it's very family oriented. Um, I don't know. I've just, I've always kind of been in, in, maybe enamored with with Italy. So I I love that country. The wine's (laughs) not bad either, (laughs) Right, good wine. So nothing to complain about there for sure. And it's beautiful. Yes. Okay, what is your favorite movie? Hmm, probably um, there's a couple. I love um, Father of the Bride. Mm. Love that with... um, I just lost Steve my Martin. Turn. Yeah, I love Steve yes, Martin. Yes, yes. Um, Father of the Bride is a great movie. Um, I also love Bridesmaids. I think that is the most hysterical movie <laughs> ever. Um, you have a theme here. Yeah, but you know what else I love? I love Silence of the Lambs. Oh, Sherry. Yeah, I thought it was a great movie. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins was awesome in that movie. I have never she seen was. that film. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. Well, we can fix that, Maria. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, thank you. <laughs> it's a really, he was very, very good. It's a disturbing movie, but the acting talent in that movie was very good. Yes, yeah, sure. it was. Yeah. All right, Sherry, last one. Last okay. favorite, favorite holiday. Oh, wow. Hmm. I I think that I love I love Thanksgiving. And I think because it's a little bit slower paced in some instances and and probably the preparation of all of the food and and family and our Thanksgiving has looked so different over the years, you know, where you have a ton of family around um and then like this year uh, it's going to be me, Leon, and my son, you know, so, um, but always an opportunity for gratitude and being thankful. And I think Thanksgiving is probably my favorite. It just, I don't know, just feels warm and cozy. <laughs> it does. And there's no expectation for gift giving or anything else either. You know? Yeah, that's true. So yeah, There's simplicity in it. Mm-hmm. Just the coming together. That's the attitude awesome. of gratitude. There you go. <laughs> Well, now we, well, we know you. so much more about you, Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Sherry. Thank you for giving us the gift of this podcast. I mean, you and Mike truly made it what it is. Um, we will do our best to carry on the legacy um, of what you started, because obviously with 5,000 downloads, there's tremendous value in it that people, you know, people see tremendous value in it. So it's incredible. And thank you so much for allowing us the opportunity to turn the tables, as Maria said, and, and interview you today. Um, I hope that it's been a fun experience for you to be on the other side. I know it's been fun for us to get to ask the questions. Yes, it has. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. I, When you came up with the idea, I was really, um, I had to think about it for a second 
And I was like, you know, that's a really, really sweet opportunity. And I, I appreciate that. Um, it's a very, a very sweet gesture. And it's been a pleasure talking to both of you. And, uh, you know, this podcast has meant a lot to me and I know it'll, it'll continue and, and go on and, you know, all will be well. <laughs> it will. Well, thanks so much, Sherry. Um, you know, and just know how much you will always be loved and missed at the organization, but hopefully never far. Yeah. Absolutely. Unless you're in Italy, then we'll come visit you. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. We I'm, can do that. I'm all for that. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you both. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.